And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about Bridget Jones's diary, Noah Calhoun's notebook, and Brandy <laughs> Clark's to-do list. I'm Allie. <laughs> and I'm Mia. P.S. I Love Rom-Coms is a podcast where each week, Allie and I take out our magic eight balls, shake them, and ask the question that is always on our minds, which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? And what was the magic eight balls response this week, Mia? Concentrate harder and ask again later. Oh, <laughs> nothing new. Nothing new. Um, joining us today are the hosts of the popular podcast, Same Day Shipping, the pod all about real love and fake relationships. And if they were in a rom-com, they'd definitely be a popular, rich, and sometimes clueless Beverly Hills high school student <laughs> who's always trying to match maker friends and teachers while also falling in love with her hot-ass stepbrother. That's right. <laughs> Today we are joined by Kelly Nugent, Patrick Ellers, and Ryan Mogi. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, guys. We're so excited to have you, especially another podcast that covers love. And uh, we like to kick off our podcast with a little segment called Which Rom-Com Heroine Are You Channeling? Where we equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine. So um, I'll kick us off. And this week I have I did something that um, I've never done before. But okay, also I'll tell you first. Okay, I'm channeling Tula Portocalis from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Specifically, when Tula starts her job at the travel agency and is like in her wheelie chair, like clicking things and like smiling and laughing, um, and it's because uh, I I did for the first time um, in my life uh, this weekend I did a text bank, which is like phone banking, but you text people, and I did this um, for Texas Democrats. Uh, so for like just like you can volunteer for swing states, so. And at first, I was so scared to do it because I was like, this is going to be horrible. But they use this like really great software where it's like a not like they can't people can't actually contact you. And uh, and I it, once I got going, it was so fun because I was just like talking to random people in Texas. And um, it was uh, a delight. And then I was getting messages and I was on a Zoom call with like 300 volunteers. And every now and then they'd be like, this person's just quoting The Handmaid's Tale. And we'd all be like, ah. And then just like uh, I was like really just like getting into it and um, like laughing and felt like a really busy businesswoman uh, that we see a lot in rom-coms. And if you're interested in volunteering your time, go to Vote Save America and you can volunteer to adopt a swing state. And um, and there's opportunities to phone and text bank. So that's who I'm channeling um, is a happy business lady to the Portacollis. Allie, who are you channeling? This week, um, I'm channeling uh, Linda McLaidlaw. <laughs> Um, who, okay, a little obscure this week, but I've had a weird week. Um, she, uh, is, Joan Fontaine plays her in the Alfred Hitchcock thriller, but maybe could also be considered a rom-com, uh, <laughs> Suspicion, uh, in which, uh, Cary Grant kind of plays this, like, sneaky love interest, and, um, Linda's always like, oh, is he trying to poison me? Is he trying to get my inheritance? Is he trying to kill me? And I feel like that's kind of who I've been channeling this week. Um, <laughs> just because 
I know it sounds insane. I know it sounds insane. But just because this really creepy thing has been happening where no. every, for the last two nights, at midnight, someone has been knocking on my door. No. Stop. 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 Like alert. Alert. Move. Midnight. <laughs> Allie, are you Is okay? It, it, a ghost? It, it's like I have been woken up the last two nights at midnight. Um, and tonight I'm determined to know who is knocking on my door at midnight. So I'm going to turn off all my lights. Oh no. And I'm going to stand by my peephole and I'm going to see who's knocking on my door. Is it going to be a handsome Cary Grant who's in love with me? Or is it, or is it someone who wants to murder me? I don't know. Um, I'm hoping it's the former rather than the latter. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed that, um, that it's love and not murder. I feel like at the stroke of midnight, you're gonna like, ha! Like out, <laughs> out your door. Oh my God, Ali, please be safe. I'm genuinely have concern for you and I want you to go to your mom's house right now. <laughs> I think it's love, Mia. I think it's- Ali, it's like, no. Has a message of it's, love for me. I don't oh, think it's, I don't I think it's, it's murder. Cute. I hope it's a meet cute. I'm not optimistic. But okay, we're gonna talk about this out. We're gonna, Ali, we're gonna, we're gonna talk after about what's happening to you. Um, but yeah, so that's who I'm channeling this week. Um, uh, who are you guys channeling, Patrick? Who are you channeling this week? So I'm feeling very, you know, like stuck in quarantine rut, right? Like every day feels like the days before it, uh, and I'm just sort of like settling into. Um, maybe enjoying that in like a hedonistic sort of way. So I am channeling Andy Samberg's character from Palm <gasps> Springs. Yes. Um, where Excellent. I'm like, look, we're in a nightmare uh, science fiction scenario. I'm just going to lean into it. I'm going to start drinking at 10. I'm going to, I'm never, <laughs> look, I haven't worn long pants since February. Um, it's, uh, I'm just, I'm just settling into like a nice, um, is this horrible? Sure. But uh, am I going to be comfortable? Also, sure. <laughs> I like this for you a lot. Thank yeah. you. It's also it's also nice because I am uh, like stuck in it with uh, my girlfriend, Sarah, who I love and love spending time with. Um, so like I feel like, you know, the beginning of the movie when he gets uh, Kristen Milotti in the same time loop. Um and then, like, he has someone to experience that uh, weird, hedonistic, never-ending day together forever. Yes. It's such a great, poignant rom-com to come out at this moment. And if, if any of you have not seen Palm Springs, I uh, highly recommend giving it a little watch on Hulu. Wow, what a rom-com for the present moment we're going through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ryan, who are you channeling this week? I really had to sit with this because it's kind of upsetting, but it's the truth. <laughs> I just helped my, uh, my mom had been living in Delaware and moved to California during the pandemic. Um, And so my brother drove her across the country and then I helped her find a place, but it was, and we've all been going through what we've all been going through in 2020. So it, I don't think it's really a calm, but (laughs) drama a little bit with family elements. And I would say in her shoes. And I'm obviously the Tony Collette of the family. Of course. My brother's the Cameron (laughs) Diaz, obviously. Yes. Um, (laughs) And I decided my mom could be Shirley MacLaine uh, in that dynamic. So it was like a lot of laughs, a lot of time we're glad we spent together. Certain things were fraught. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, that's that's where I am. Wow, I love that. What a deep cut. I haven't seen In Her Shoes since theaters, I think, I want to say. Yeah. Kelly, who are you channeling this week? Recently, I have been shopping for a house, um, oh which has been Ooh. very stressful for many reasons, uh, adding to it that, you know, COVID's happening. Um, mm. Now, in my mind, I am like, I do not deserve this thing, right? Like, I don't deserve it, but I want you it. Do. And those who know me know that I tend to skew kind of villainous. So <laughs> I am feeling very much like, you, who's that bitch that wants to take the throne in um, Christmas Prince? Oh, the Christmas Prince. I, I, think I actually might I be the that. guy one. I think I'm the guy one. Yeah, it's the right cousin. The, yeah. cousin. Oh, the cousin. I'm the cousin. <gasps> um, just because I'm like, you know what? I will take this. It will be mine. I have no right to it. Um I don't, the only thing I have is that I want it. And I guess that makes it enough for me to deserve it because that's, you know, the fucked up world that we live in. So like, I'm the boy, I'm the boy cousin villain in Christmas Prince. Yeah. And to be fair, I love like, that. the leads in Christmas Prince don't really de deserve what they have anyway. So <laughs> no, they don't. They don't even want it. So oh, I mean. those Converse? Mm-mm. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. God. Yeah, okay, yeah. And that's the thing. I would never be caught dead wearing a wedding dress with Converse. So I'm just like... You are the cousin. You I'm the cousin. the cousin. I'm the cousin. Oh, my gosh. Incredible. Wow, I'm so glad we, we all have Christmas Prince as a point of reference. That really, bo that really bodes well yeah. for what's going to It comes up here. a lot on Sunday <laughs> A lot. It comes, it comes up a lot just in me and Allie's personal conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Christmas Prince, we just so happened to watch a Christmas-themed rom-com this week. We watched the 2003 rom-com Love Actually. Uh, and in this ensemble film, we delve into the complex facets of love shown through 10 separate stories involving a wide variety of individuals, from the prime minister to a crime novelist to a caterer to film, to nude body doubles. Um, many, <laughs> many characters and many of the characters throughout the film are also interlinked. The story begins five weeks before Christmas and is played out in a weekly countdown until all of the stories tie together at the end at a school Christmas pageant. Love Actually was written and directed by Richard Curtis, king of rom-coms, where he reunited many actors of whom he had worked with before on previous films and television products. Fun fact, Curtis's original concept for the film included 14 different scenarios, but four of them were cut, two having been filmed. So, guys, what are your thoughts on Love Actually? And more specifically, what couples do we ship? I, in general, felt um, like nobody works in a healthy workplace in this movie. <laughs> um... <laughs> Where is HR? Where is HR? Where? Where? Um, so in general, I, I don't um, enjoy this movie. There are, oh, and then there's some star moments that I did really enjoy. Like I like Rowan Atkinson in this movie a lot. Um, oh, yeah. But in general, I, I don't really like this movie. Totally fair. This wow. Wow. I Bold, really like this take. movie. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that part, so I was excited to hear Kelly come so hard. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry because I do no, know it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't hurt me if you don't like the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Emma Thompson in my tear ducts. Oh my, oh my god! god. Oh my <laughs> god! She's so good. She's so like, good. I was ready. Get. 
Because, like, really, okay, so the Hugh Grant, like, the two more traditional rom-com storylines, like the Hugh Grant uh, as prime minister and then the Colin Firth as the novelist, Mm Those don't work as well for me. And so that's what I always think of when I think of this movie. But then when I remember Liam Neeson grieving stepdad and Emma Thompson wronged woman. Oh my God. That's, that is enough for the movie to exist. Even if I, the other oh parts God. don't necessarily. Oh, and I didn't even talk about To Me or You're Perfect. I'm sure we'll get into <laughs> it. Sorry. <laughs> but like the, tra- the more Sorry. like traditional mm-hmm. romantic relationships work for me. But like so many of the performances um yeah it it's it's sweet there's love all around us guys <laughs> one really one thing that uh like struck me about this movie this time was like i'd forgotten how fucking fat phobic it is yeah like, really yeah it- <laughs> that's that that struck out to me this time as well i did not care for that yeah there's a there's a lot of that and you know the uh the reference to a barbie doll looking like a transvestite it's like oh, all right yeah. guys settle well, down and, and the sex worker like trans joke at the wedding yeah. altar like there are yeah. just a couple things that like yeah we could do better and we hopefully will yeah <laughs> yeah and they don't i mean and you guys as we're watching all these rom-coms this is a 2003 rom-com um many before a few years ago uh it's very hard to get something to age well just in terms of how cruel uh comedy and specifically in rom-coms uh particularly offensive uh, a lot of the early aughts late 90s ones um, so yeah, this movie is not immune to uh, a modern lens of being uh, problematic and offensive. Agree 100%. Um, and as someone who, uh, I, I, when it came out, I wasn't allowed to see it because it was two, huh? in 2003. I wasn't, I don't think I was like old enough to see it. Like, but I remember like my friend's older sister going to see it at the theater and us being like, we, we want to go. We heard there's like naked people. Um, <laughs> uh, so I said, you got like, that Rodrigo Santoro. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. And there's also <laughs> lots of bre- boobies in it. Yeah. Lots of boobies. Great. And I, I guess I love the boobs. <laughs> love all the boobs in the movie. I liked the boobs. Uh, so, but as someone who saw it more in its context in the early aughts, like closer to after it came out, I gotta say, totally agree. Problematic. Definitely. Offensive. You betcha. Do I love it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it. But oh, I agree with all those things. But, um, I like, lo- this is a rom-com that every time I watch it, I am always confused about what's coming next. So I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> I'm constantly like tickled by what's happening, and um, 17 years later, it's still uh, I you still never can predict what's coming next. Um, there's yeah, I know all of that. You put it all on the table. Lots of things to dislike about this movie. Um, in terms of stuff to like, I love Richard Curtis. I love his casting. I um, there's a lot wrong with these couples, but I love them. Here's what I'll say is um, yeah. This movie and its structure is very unique. Like, uh, this was like the first, um, it's kind of groundbreaking. This was like the first kind of like rom-com of its time where it's like, let's do 10 storylines in one movie, Um, which is incredible. And it's also even more incredible when we realize that at one point there were 14 storylines in here. And the fact that he was able to keep those stories throughout and to tell such kind of like rich kind of in-depth stories so many in such a short amount of time just from like a screenwriting perspective is incredible and 
I cannot imagine what it was like to read that screenplay because if we're getting <laughs> like, because it's true, we get a little bit lost when we're watching it. We're like, who's this person again? Oh yeah, that's Liam Leeson. Or, uh, uh, and his, oh, <laughs> he, Leeson, that's his right. wife died. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, and uh, yeah. And so I can only imagine what it was like to read the screenplay. Um, that must have been all right. And this just gave me a great idea. Maybe because we have you all on, we should go through each couple, t- talk how we feel about them, and then you guys can decide if you ship them or not. Yes. I love that. Do you like that? Great. Okay. Perfect. That would great. be so funny if some, one of us was like, but you know what? Gotta ship them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do oh, work yeah, through it. Like we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, let's, the trip. Oh. <laughs> let's start off with that love triangle of Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, um, where, I mean, I would love to dive into Alan Rickman's weird relationship with his secretary, Mia, and how I don't buy that there's any chemistry there whatsoever. He always looks at her with a furrowed brow of kind of like <laughs> disgust and kind of like, ooh, a little bit of curiosity. And it's like, what is, what's going on? Have you ever been attracted to somebody before? <laughs> I feel like Alan Rickman and Billy Bob Thornton are the two actors that didn't prepare for this movie at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. showed not up all. and played themselves. Yeah. Yes. I also want to say that there was another villain in this movie, and that was the outfit that the secretary was wearing when she spreads her legs at him in the <laughs> no! chair. I was like, the skirt with the boots and the sock, like that skirt, I was like, villain. Yeah. Why couldn't they get her a pencil skirt? Like, I don't. The fashion was wild. The fashion was absolutely insane. It was insane. Also, another piece, and I think in my memory, the Christmas party was like a costume party, but this time I watched very closely. It's not a costume party. No, she's just wearing devil horns. Why? (laughs) Because she's a dirty little slut. That's why. (laughs) We got to show that. I was like, is that a British thing? Like, is it? There's a few things in this movie that I was like, is that a British thing? There are things in this movie that are so weird from like an everyday standpoint that it almost feels like it is um, like we're in the Hunger Games universe. And this is a movie that they filmed about the Capitol, right? Like, yeah, everything is so like decadent and wasteful and no one has any worries about anything except for love. Yeah, that's rom coms. <laughs> that's rom coms. You have that's all the money. Universe. You're you're relaxed. <laughs> so, do we ship any? Do we ship either Mia or Harry, or Harry or Karen, or Karen and her tear ducks? <laughs> Karen and her tear ducks. Karen and her tear ducks, dude. Karen and her tear ducks. I'm glad they worked it out. Seemingly, did, did they? they? <laughs> so he comes after his like eat, pray, love trip, and she's like. <laughs> She's like, oh, you can't. You're allowed to kiss me on the cheek, and we're not even gonna pretend for the kids. No, (laughs) it's no, but it's clear they're together, right? Like, I don't know about that. I think you think so. I I feel like they're going through a divorce or something, or like it is a. They've been married for, you know, fifteen, twenty years. Like it is a process. I think this is probably a good transition into the next love triangle because there are two love triangles, and this love triangle is between Mark, Juliet, and Peter. (laughs) <laughs> Peter. so this is again so juliet and peter are married so they they op- we open we open up uh the movie with them getting married um uh great mark's the best man uh juliet thinks mark hates her turns out he's in love with her and spends the whole wedding just doing close-ups of her face 
Um, and expresses his love in the now uh, very much hated uh, sequence, but at the time sort of considered romantic. Uh, and beloved. Uh, and beloved, <laughs> where he drops the um, note cards and shows a photo of a mummy. And, his, and um, yeah. And you know what, guys? I'll say I... I know it's bad. Look, I know it's bad. I, I love it. I know it's bad. I know I'm not supposed to. I still find the whole scene really sexy. I know it's wrong, but I do. I wish it had resolved in a throuple. I feel like that's the answer. <laughs> Great. Because obviously that. Peter and, and Mark, is it Mark? The, the two men have yes. no boundaries. The fact that he does the all you need is love without telling the bride or the groom. Let's talk like, about that. That's a fucking hot take right there. Yeah, that no, is that's... a same day shipping hot take right there. <laughs> what do you do when it's your fucking wedding and there is a surprise musical number as you are walking out as you've rehearsed a bunch of times already? And then what are all those people? Are those friends of theirs? Did they just like hire a bunch of musicians? Did they not recognize the strangers in the audience? What the fuck is happening? Do they have to I... meet them all at the reception? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> oh my God, with your special surprise, did you just up my bill like $6,000? Because that's okay. First of all, mm-hmm. nothing should happen at, because I uh, recently got married. Um, it was very stressful. Uh, if anything had happened at my wedding that neither me nor my husband knew was going to happen at the wedding, I would have been like, wedding's fucking off! <laughs> the, the, like, truly, like, when everybody in the audience, like, is like, surprise, I'm not a wedding guest, I'm a, an instrument person. Trombonist. Like, I'm a trombonist, and I've been hiding my, I've been hiding my stand-up bass underneath this, like, this thing Trick this you. entire time. Okay, so we have the same day shipping take. Allie, well, how do we feel here at PSL Rom Coms about the surprise Okay, band? this is what I'm going to say about the, the iconic um, note card scene. I only had one problem with it, which is, you know, he's showing these note cards and he's got a lot of them. I did a sketch once making fun of this, you know, not very original. SNL already did it. You know, I'm, I, I was a budding uh, young sketch comedian. And I was like, oh, I'll do a funny bit with it. What they don't show is that it is so hard once you drop those cards to (laughs) scoop them back up again. And I wanted to see that. I wanted to see a close up of him squatting on the ground, kind of gathering up all of the cards and like shuffling them together and being like, oh, shit, I'm so, oh, this was romantic. But uh, um, that was my only like problem with that. And that it was a little bit stalkery. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. I I I think it's romantic, and I also, as someone who loves surprises and loves big <laughs> musical numbers, I I would be ecstatic if if people, <laughs> you know, if a marching band just like popped into my wedding or just you know popped into my apartment anywhere. I love. I would love a spontaneous marching band. Um, but that's just personal preference, just a little yeah. bit of perfect. And, and I say we can sort of make that the official PSI Love Rom Com's position on the matter because I have to say I I don't like I don't like surprise socializing, right? So don't throw me a surprise party if I don't I, if I have to see forty people and I don't know that I have to do that, I'm unhappy. I'm not prepared. <laughs> but it's like a bit. Ba- the music's not about me. Everyone's looking at the band, right? So to me, it's like that's more private time for me. <laughs> it's more like it's my wedding. I'm gonna be so anxious that everyone's looking at me the whole time oh yeah look at the band for a second i'm gonna enjoy a little music number and like sort of be like oh wow it's my wedding <laughs> i know i'm not supposed to like that i know that 
I know it's bad. I know. But Richard Curtis somehow <laughs> makes me feel things I shouldn't. <laughs> because Here's the it's thing. the casting. It's the casting. It's the casting. He's also very hot. Yeah. So that helps. Yeah. So hot. And what she's he so is wearing, beautiful. She's so beautiful. So who, who, who could blame him? Who could blame him? I would do that. When he's wearing that sweater and he walks outside in the cold to that Dido song and he, <laughs> he like shouts at the old man. It's like so hot. And I like, I do love that, that you think it's really hot and it is literally rock bottom for him. Like this is the worst moment of his life. Rock bottom like, can be hot, so Kelly. Come on. You know I have that. no idea why that scene is so sexy to me. I love it so much. Um, before we move on from it, I do like that during the wedding reception, Laura Linney uh, asks Andrew Lincoln uh, if he is in love with him, like that she's got a little bit the wrong beat on it. And I think that speaks to Mogi's point of like, it should end in throuple because like he is in love with him, right? Mark the is in love with The fact that he Peter. brought yeah. him, he invited himself along to the airport for whatever reason he did at the end with them. I was like, I think maybe it will end up in throuple. Maybe that is what's happening. Yeah. I like yeah. that. You know what? I shift them as a thruple, but yeah, let's. Okay, that's how we'll end it on. We're shipping it as a thruple. Shall we? Maybe let's get into some of our more um, problematic couples. Okay, let's <laughs> let's talk about um, Prime Minister um, David, played by Hugh Grant, and Natalie. And why don't we also throw in the U.S. President? Played by Billy Bob Thornton in there too. Which <laughs> couples do we ship? Which do we, um, you know, shit on? For me, it's not to reference another rom com, but it's sort of like Please. the you've got mail situation where you have to forget that in you've got mail, he is destroying her business and ruining mm -hmm. the bookstore. And in this, you have to forget that he had her fired, didn't even do it to yeah, her face. Yeah, that's the problem, that's the problem. Let that yeah, other that woman sucks. talk smack about her body and yeah. didn't like say anything. So like, you just have to forget like a sequence of three scenes of their story. And then it's cute, <laughs> to me, then it's cute again. Like him going to all, door to door, trying to find her in the dodgy side Ooh. of town. This man should that's not be PM. <laughs> Use a phone book, I don't He's know. He's very cute. <laughs> you have employment Wait. records, you can look up her address. But then we wouldn't have the amazing scene where he sings a very British Christmas carol to three young cuties while his <laughs> operatic driver or copper, as he says, which I know is not driver, but his copper sings with him. Oh, it brings me so much joy. That scene. I, I liked that, too. I liked it also because I that song I have history with Old King Wenceslaus, because <laughs> I was at Tam O'Shanter over at, in um, I, I had mm. to pee really, really bad. And this group of carolers came over and one of my friends, if anyone knows, Chris Bermonte loves all things like Christmassy and cute and sweet. And he was like, can you guys sing Old King Wenceslaus? And they were blocking. And that song is like 12 verses. It is very, very long. So I was like, I know how long those little girls are sitting there because I've done it with a full bladder. <laughs> so it, I liked the oh choice. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, what, what also made this couple, because I know it's bad and I, it definitely harkens back to the Clinton Lewinsky situation especially because um Natalie is like a, basically like a Monica Lewinsky type like I feel like if they could be at the same casting call so it definitely was like I was like what are, what's, what are you trying to say here but um for so there's like with all that baggage the thing that kind of makes it work for me too is that um Hugh Grant's like so awkward so like when he comes out of the room to see her and he like puts his hand up and he's like hi and then he was like that was dumb <laughs> like I don't know there's like a little bit of that like he's like bad at it uh but and then that they genuinely like each other I also liked um, his dancing moment. 
That was a really oh, good moment. I love it yes. so much. Two kind of little fun facts about um, Hugh Grant's character in the movie is that speech that he gave where it was like, Britain is standing up to America was so popular amongst British people that the prime minister at the time, Tony Blair, had to make a statement about it and be like, the reason why, like, yes, this is fun that Hugh Grant gets to do this in the movie, but the reason why I can't do this in real life is because there are real consequences when you, oh you know, stand up to a large superpower like that. So that's why I'm not, you know, that's why I can't have fun speeches about Harry Potter and the Beatles. Wow. Well, and this is this is more evidence that this movie takes place in the Hunger Games universe and is filmed at the Capitol because <laughs> in international politics, be damned, uh, Billy Bob Thornton like skis on his girlfriend. So like, <laughs> yeah. I also can, can I can I like be a little bit of a downer as to why I don't like that yeah. that that part? Okay, because like okay. He doesn't he doesn't have the fucking cojones to like be a strong like leader of Britain until he sees like what he thinks is like another man taking yes. his quote property like he like looks yeah. at Natalie as a representation of like his country and I that excuses me out that he's like oh well now I can be a good prime minister because I don't like also I can't read the room and I can't tell that like she clearly did not want him to be skeezing on her because yeah. like her face was very clear, I don't know. I that really bummed me out. Like his that part. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. and then her letter to him later is so apologetic, and it's like, girl, come on, you did nothing wrong. <laughs> when it's like when it's like she's really put in this horrible position between like two of the most powerful men in the yeah. world. Yeah, it's it's not. But to, it's not. Yeah, you you got to forget a lot, like Ryan said. Yeah, but to to be fair, she gets Hugh Grant. Prime Minister making out with her within like 30 minutes of him reading She gets letter. it. So yeah. it works. It's true. It's, true. it's a functional and, letter. Oh. <laughs> Before we put our final ruling on whether or not we shift this um, uh, uh, Natalie and David, I just, there's this fun fact that I just can't, I can't let go because it's so ridiculous. Um, supposedly in between takes, Hugh Grant would try to scare Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> by preying upon Billy Bob Thornton's real fear. This is a real fear he has of antique furniture. <gasps> My sister has that. What? Like because of ghosts or what? Yeah. Why, Mia? That, that, how is that? Yeah, a- she doesn't. Well, she doesn't like to sleep when we were kids. She didn't like to sleep in rooms with antique furniture because of ghosts. So-, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, exactly the same as Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Whoa. Well, yeah. So Hugh Grant would just be like, would like, I don't know, like put a credenza up in his face or like a <laughs> side table and be like, before a take, he'd be like, hey, huh, and like put a piece of <laughs> antique furniture, and Billy Bob would be like, huh, and he gets, uh, he'd get freaked out. Um, so I think there's a little sexual tension there that you know. <laughs> Maybe in Love Actually too, they could explore. Um, but yeah, so I, I say, do we lightly ship this couple? Uh, I, for, I, I do. I give it a light Lightly. ship. I'm happy when she like jumps on him like a crab at the end. Uh, I'm happy oh, yeah. to see okay. it. I don't know, the, the power dynamic is too much for me. Fair. <laughs> Logical and fair. 
And there should be more HR everywhere in this film. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I, I think I actually what you were kind of hinting at before. I think I ship Billy Bob and um and Hugh, like it. And I think that like and here's the other thing: this relationship isn't healthy either because they're trying to like dominate each other a lot. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of just like you know pushing around and like you know just being very like yeah. Yeah, I'm the going. strong one. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. like that. Um. Awesome. Well. Okay. Let's move on to um. Let's move on to another couple. Let's move on to Jamie and Aurelia, the crime novelist and the young cleaning woman. So in this setup, we have uh, another one at the beginning. Jamie uh, finds out his uh, girlfriend's slash wife, girlfriend, girlfriend is um, sleeping with his brother. That's not that's hard. That's hard. And then he like goes away. I think he's in France because mm-hmm. because and she's yeah, because because in, initially he thinks that everyone should be speaking French when he gets there. So. I think he's, he goes away to, to like his like lovely like getaway home in France to work on his crime novel, and then he gets a um, Portuguese cleaning woman named Aurelia, and sexual t- uh, tension maybe ensues. Uh, yeah, how did, how did everybody feel about this one? See, I liked the act of service because we've talked about this on SDS. That's mm. one of my love language, acts of service. So I love that her oh, instinct is right. to save the pages. The sh- and it's only like fifteen seconds, but the shot of him watching her take oh. off her clothes. Got to get to that tramp stamp. Got to. it's so male case. Like, her jumping in yeah. the water and hit, like, mm-hmm. we could do a reverse. It's Colin Firth. Let's do a reverse of her coming out of the water. And we can have, like, a Pemberley situation. But, like, ah. but it, it didn't have to be there. So it just makes my yeah. eyes roll back into my head. And then I, you know, I can't get as Ra- emotionally invested as I want to be. But I love the I Ryan, love that the is instinct. that is such a good point, And I completely agree with you. And here's a little fun fact that's also, I mean, this just proves your point and is like why it's like it was very male gazy. And it would have been nice to have a, you know, a Darcy like moment of him coming mm-hmm. out of, you know, the water. Um, we, we we love female gaze here, um, but <laughs> they supposedly Richard Curtis and uh, I think one of the other production designers had a 45-minute meeting about what color her underwear should be. Stop! Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. How long was the meeting to decide uh, uh, Rodrigo Santoro's underwear? (laughs) Because... Here's the thing. He brought that. That's... Yeah. Here's what what I think about this. I think that... (laughs) That we as viewers... And the movie are lucky that they happened to be saying the same thing all the time. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, I was 100. like, oh, how how lucky that they like are saying literally the exact same thing. I did have a moment of like, what the fuck is this shit? When he brought the entire town to her place of work and then asked her to marry him and like again we're lucky that she also like oh my god she was thinking about him too because like she was uh you know learning english like he was learning just portuguese in just in cases i love um, just in cases which just in cases. great um i again i i think if if this were just um like 
what's it called isolated then I would be like whatever but like because it's like one of like many many relationships in which there's like a guy that's either an employer he's older he has all the power and the girl is younger doesn't know the language that the movie is in so like that even brings her you know um like her power is less so like for me and, and the age difference like all of it like was there's so many situations like that in the movie that I was like getting tired of it. Whereas like if it yeah. were just a story about just them, I would be like, okay, this is just a story about these people rather than like a pattern. Is that real? Is that how you learn another language is you go to a crowded room where 30 other people are all listening to headphones <laughs> in different languages? Like okay. is that? I think that's a relic of 2003. Okay. Remember we didn't all have smartphones. We didn't have Duolingo. Mm. Yeah. Like you yeah. did have to go to an expert to go to class. I think it's the cheapest class. He didn't invest. Mm. Right. <laughs> he could have spent yeah, money. I think I would have been a lot more into this relationship if we got to see her perspective at all. Yeah. yeah. And it's tough. Yeah. Because I'm sort of confused about well, yeah, why Richard Curtis has so many of those, as you mentioned, um, Kelly like those those power dynamics that like make us all cringe a little bit I know it's 2003 so I know there's like less awareness of like like there's there's we have like less of a vocabulary to like um to describe like why specifically that is bad in 2003 but still enough that even watching it as a kid around that time this one still always made me feel uncomfortable as a kid like and I, I I do like the love I do agree that them saying everything at the same time does save it for me but this was the one I also remember being like is she okay? Like, <laughs> like, does she? What's well, happening? Is she, is she yeah. okay? They're also but making I, these I, I, jokes about like selling her off as a slave to like a, and it's like the the fact that like that's even in that that's even like a subject of conversation is like what the fuck is going on in this town? Where yeah. what is Portugal in this? Yeah, but you know, and it's, it, what's interesting is because at first I was thinking and I was like, oh, this isn't like Richard Curtis because Notting Hill is about a high status woman and a low status man, but then. Mm-hmm. By Bridget Jones, you've got Hugh Grant is um, the boss again, uh, sleeping mm. with uh, Renee Zellweger. So it's tough. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what what that pattern means. I know I I just watched his recent film yesterday, and the the female character in that was a huge bummer. So uh, I, I don't know, but Richard, I, I love Richard Curtis. I think it's great. She was oh, it, it was a huge bummer because she was super hot and had curly brown hair, and the whole time was like, "I'm frizzy haired Liz- Lizzie." And it's like, <laughs> "You're a fucking model." Like we we have to stop saying brown hair makes you unattractive. Well, and it's also like, in yesterday she like yeah he doesn't notice she's cute, and you're like, how do you not notice your best friend who takes care of you, supports you emotionally, is one of the best looking people in the world. Like you remember the Beatles? You can't remember that. It's it's wild. And, yeah, and same in About Time. It's Rachel McAdams, arguably like one of the hottest people in the world. And again, she's like, "No, I have brown hair. I'm ugly." <laughs> and everyone's like, "Yeah, I guess." It's actually. I, in, I have a hypothesis for why that's so common, and I think it's less of a like uh, kind of what you're wondering, like why we have like in these rom coms, it's like these men with the power and the women that you know, work for them. And I, you know, it's just, I don't think it's malicious. I think it's just a reflection of like what the norm was and like what people yeah. like, cause that's what it was. Like men have, pa- men had power, men have power. So Great that's just point. what it is. And so I don't yeah. think it's like evil, but it, it does represent an evil system. Yeah. It's also weird. I forget. And this connection is going to seem tenuous, but I swear I have one, but like it, when you're watching it, I always forget that it's framed by nine 11. 
in oh, such yeah. like a like sincere way. Yeah. Oh, that is when such the twin a, towers went down. Yeah, yeah that's a starts, bizarre right? hammer for an Englishman to swing. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is, and then it's Hugh Grant, the prime minister. But we never—it's not like he narrates the movie, so it's also no. a weird piece of na- narration that floats around. But it's like I think they are trying to remind us of a normal, which at the time when he wrote it and when we saw it, it was only a couple years after. So like we needed like normal was uh, I think a much more um, comforting idea. Whereas now like normal, like you said, it's an extension of the problematic systems that we live within all the time. But totally so I I I agree with that and that's why I think at the end of the day this couple I do you again it's like you were saying right you have to forget a few things but so I'm like yeah you know they said the same things at the same time they both learned each other's language it's cute the idea works there's some even when I was young it still I was a little cringe but yeah light ship light ship here I ship it with a very long engagement during which they both become (laughs) proficient in each other's language and grow and deepen their love yeah, I ship it. I, I ship it with exactly what we see in the movie, which is like the very specific parameters that like, you know what? They were saying the exact same things. They <laughs> loved each other exactly at the same times. And oh, that's that. So that's the specific specificity with which I ship it. Yeah, um, I, I also ship it with uh, also the added uh the way that their dynamic seems to have changed a little bit when like at the very end of the movie, when she's meeting like his friends and she can kind of like raz him and it's like, yeah. okay, all right, this is, this is a little bit more evened out. Um, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I, I ship it. And just in cases is I, I love just in cases. <laughs> and I love how so bad he is at Portuguese. He's so bad, bad at Portuguese and it's great. Uh, in an earlier cut of the movie, Rowan Atkinson's character um, who is the guy who, as we all know, uh, Mr. Bean, uh, <laughs> you know, did that really funny bit with gift wrap, was supposed to have also been a Christmas angel at one point. And in one Perfect. scene, the scene in the airport where the little boy like runs by him, he's supposed to like turn back at Lee towards um uh, Liam Neeson and like wink and then vanish into he thin does. air. We vanish. He's supposed to vanish into thin air, dissolve, wow. because he's a Christmas angel. So there was, there is, I think the, the instinct that there's Christmas magic involved in this world is correct. There's also the the Christmas rule that we all know, which is that at Christmas, <laughs> you <laughs> tell the truth. That's we all not, know is that. Is that a British lies. thing? Is that a British <laughs> thing? <laughs> I, maybe it's true in the UK, but that is not true. You fake it at Christmas. That's where Christmas mm-hmm. magic so much comes faking from. It, yes. We choose to, as a group, believe in certain lies, like people are good, things will, good things will happen. Oh, and even on like a literal level, uh, that Jesus was born in December. Yeah, that yeah. Santa yeah. Claus is real. Like all of this is false. Also, like they're like you tell the truth at Christmas, but then you also like tell the person like you seek out romance at Christmas like everybody knows you do that except like Christmas like you're always just like around people that you don't really like you're around your family like you're stuck like you're not like hmm I need to go reach out to that girl in accounting that like I've just had a thing yeah, for okay. but then again Kelly there is and I'm if you haven't been introduced we'll I'll show you there's a whole channel called it's Hallmark, true Hallmark and then all now of it yeah now Netflix it's true at Christmas 
It's true. It's true. Romance happens at Christmas. So I we we have a couple couples left, and by a couple I mean a lot. So I was thinking maybe <laughs> we still have a lot of couples left. So I was thinking maybe to keep this podcast um, under two hours, we do a little speed ship. Um, uh, so I'm gonna say a couple names, and we'll all go around and say, uh, "Yes, we ship this couple," or "No." And if we say no, give like a quick blurb why. Okay, our next couple is oh, John and Judy, the um, the nude body double couple. Um, uh, I'll start first, and I will say ship. Yes, I like them. Ship. I ship it. Capital S ship. That man asks for consent. Love it. <laughs> cool. Let's move on to our next couple, which is, oh, the young couple, Sam and Joanna. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll ship them. Uh, if, a, if a boy learned how to play drums for me, I dig that. I really like the uh, relationship between Sam and his dad or his stepdad um, and like the the point in the movie when yeah. he actually calls him dad um for the first time like that's awesome i love that he's like indulging his uh like romantic fantasies with like watching titanic and even doing like the little bit of like i don't know it's there, there's something that i really like about um like a dad engaging in something that doesn't feel like bullshit like masculine kid like they're not sword fighting or like shooting nerf guns or whatever like the kids into romance and so I, that's that's the relationship that I'm more invested in there. Great, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll side with Patrick. I agree, yeah, because I, I well I think like that the young girl's like amazing. I honestly well, think their chemistry yeah, was just like a little weird. Like, I just thought like, like their interactions old, were right? kind of strange. So yeah, so I, I agree. She shouldn't I'll, I'll have any like sensuality or <laughs> yeah. like I'm. I ship it as like they could be pen pals. If you want to make a sequel where they run into each other and they're both thirty, I will watch it with popcorn. Yeah. Uh. Um. Okay. I I guess I ship them fine because they're kids. Like you know, like what are you gonna like? The, fine. Um. And then the thing with the stepdad, I I liked their their stepdad or like father son relationship until actually the point that you liked, which was when they're doing the Titanic pose. I was like. I don't like that they are looking at lovers doing this pose uh, yeah, while I, doing the pose themselves I felt that as, as father well. and son. Yeah, I, I, I just thought imagining like the, their girl with them. Right, but the way they're standing is it, <laughs> it truly is that Liam is being Leo. Kelly. <laughs> I just to me, I was worried. I I didn't. I th- I thought there was a line, and the line was crossed. It is. There's. It's. It gives me. It gave me pause. Like the first few times I saw it, that that moment always gave me a little bit of pause. Especially because he's a stepdad. You know. I don't know. It's just like it was just slight questions. Just, just, that's just all. a little moment of pause. A little bump on that. Mm-hmm. But overall, mm-hmm. love the relationship. See, I feel like I feel like he's taking a chance. He's making himself vulnerable. He knows that people are going to be like, "You did what with your stepson?" It'll be like, "No, it's what he needed." <laughs> so there's that one. A light ship and a and a ship, but pause on the on the father son on the father son <laughs> ship with qualifications. All right, guys, we still have three couples left to go, so it will be faster. (laughs) Okay, we have Sarah and Carl, the uh, graphic designers. We got Laura Laura Linney playing Sarah. Um, And she's, she's, I like her in this movie. I think she does a good job. 
Yeah, I'll ship it because it's what an interesting story. It's so interesting. It's so unique. It's it's like heartfelt and it's tough and it's sexy. And it flips the rom-com thing where the actor who plays Carl's 10 years younger than Laura Linney. So which because it's just so often the opposite. So I love when someone just puts that in a movie because it's nice to see a variety of couples. Um, yeah, I'll ship it. And I love the scene when Alan Rickman is like, how, I know I know it's bad. I know it's boundary crossing. But when he's like, how long have you worked here? And she says the time. And then she says, how long have you been in love with Carl? And she says the time again, minus 30 minutes. I think that's cute. I know it's bad. There should be HR. No one should speak to their employees that way. All right, I'm done. That should be like at a bar. Yeah. Not in his, not, not in, in the, the office. Your boss calls right. you into the office. You shouldn't have to. Tells you to turn off your phone and then has that conversation. Close the door. Turn off your phone. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. May, may I make an observation? Yeah. Like, yeah. Can I, can I, can I be invited into this personal space? Okay. I'm done. That's, that's my thoughts. But I ship it. I ship it. It's hot. I like it. Yeah. The moment where he swings at her and she just instantly stops it because you know that she's had to do that many times. I was like, wow, she's so compelling. So I ship it too. Um, that, she, you know, she just, you know, she's going to have to work some stuff out, though. My favorite part of that, uh, that whole story is um, when, like, it's just not, I, I forget exactly, like, oh, she's staying late on Christmas Eve um, and, like, has the same awkward interaction with Carl as he leaves. Um, and then she calls her brother, who's been, like, interrupting her life the whole time. And, like, you know, the, the movie does a good job of being, like, she's she doesn't see it as a burden, even though, like, that's sort of what the movie is presenting. But then when she calls him, it's like, ah, fuck. Like, she needs him as much as he needs yeah. her. Um, I just, yeah. I, I, I like that a lot. Nice. Um, let's, uh, let's move on to maybe um, from our most serious storyline to our silliest storyline. We have um, Colin, played by Chris Marshall, who goes to America to, um, you know, go hang out with women from Wisconsin. There's um, and I think he ends up with a young woman named Harriet. Okay, I will say there's a lot about the storyline that isn't tr- necessarily true to my experience as an American or true to what I understand. <laughs> but when they go into that bar in Wisconsin and Smooth is on the radio, they captured it. It's so fucking funny. It's that so is so good. fucking funny. And the music cues while they're in America are so like it's cheesy fantastic. and corny and of the moment. Yeah, the music in this movie is incredible. That yeah, that specifically Colin's storyline. Also, Colin is such a Richard Curtis casting choice. It reminds me so much of Hugh Grant's uh, roommate in Notting Hill and the best friend in Yesterday. It's like he just is really good at at casting these like goofy goofy side character men. So it's a crazy fantasy magical thing, and the girls all seem down. And so you know, yeah. whatever. I ship it. Fuck yeah, I ship it. They're so funny too. Like January Jones uh, is really funny as uh, one of the American girls. Um, Alicia Cuthbert is really funny as one of the uh, American girls. Yeah. Like I don't know the the scene as like a bizarre fantasy of like something that obviously isn't real. Um, like makes me laugh. It, it it was funny. Like if if we just keep it as like a weird fake fantasy, I'm fine with it. The the only thing that made me actually cringe in that storyline is when they come back to England and Denise Richards is like aggressively kissing <gasps> Colin's friend. That's the only part that I'm like I don't like that at all. Yeah. It felt I didn't like gross. her kissing him either. Yeah, it was like you you just met you didn't ask permission. You're it's like you're darting. She's like a chicken pecking at his face. I don't like it. I don't like that. I wonder if they had to do a lot yeah. of takes or something. It doesn't. It's <laughs> It's not. It, you know what work. it felt. You know what it felt like to me that they were like Denise Richards has forty five minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, that's right. 
she's she's given us that she's got to go so like let's just do this like a bunch of times <laughs> this is a real airport she's actually getting off her plane and getting back on she ha- we just have to whatever she we, yeah just go denise just go and then we'll we'll put it in we'll fix it in post <laughs> um so ship colin don't ship denise great and now we are on our last couple guys oh my god we're wow. on uh billy the rock star and his manager joe um oh my god this actor bill nighy is that how you pronounce his last name god he's so good in this he's so good in about time oh he's so good you know he's just playing himself but man i could watch him play himself forever he's so (laughs) he's like uh, he reminds me kind of like of a British Jeff Goldblum, yeah! except like even more <laughs> so like, specific, character-y. yeah. Like just so specific and is just doing a lot with his face all the time. And I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah. That's a, such a good call, Ellie. And that storyline has such a good fake to sadness when he is like, I'm going to get so many calls and I'm going to go to so many parties. And then Elton John calls him and his manager is just like, okay, I guess I'll go home. And that could have been the end of the story. Yeah. But it isn't. It's so cute. I love it. Ship it. When the, when, he, when the manager sort of tears up and is like, it's been an honor. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely ship. I, I love the, the, the specific moment that like I really loved had to do a lot with that, that guy's acting, which when he's like, I think you and he's like doing this thing with his arms where he's very good at like yes. being someone that's like is too pride. Too, I mean, too prideful. Yeah. So he's like, I think you and then he like switches where his arms are and he's like, are that person. And like that part to me, I was like, oh, vulnerability. I loved I loved that I, capital S ship for sure. Awesome. Well, those are all our couples, guys. Yay! Should we? Okay. We did it. We did it. Imagine if there were 14 couples in this movie because there was at one point. Insane. And maybe one of them could be gay. Maybe one of them maybe could one. be gay. Could one? Well, yeah, we'll get to that in our trope counter. And what a good transition. So our next segment is me and I like to count up all the rom-com tropes that we have spotted in this movie. And boy, were there a lot. We had um, watching a rom-com within a rom-com. I know Titanic's not exactly a rom-com, but I think it fits as a romance. So I that too, I agree. Um, we have a dance montage. Um, we have the trope of stalking a woman you like is sexy with um the videotaping and the uh sign flinging um we have uh laura linney having a huge apartment um (laughs) i think they live in london that's a very big apartment i would imagine for anyone living in london um we have the quick cleanup where a woman quickly cleans up her messy or man. Uh, this is actually kind of like a Richard Curtis thing because this was in Notting Hill. But it's like, yeah, right. quick, clean up my messy apartment before my love interest comes over. Absolutely. We have the classic running through the airport scene. Um, yes. And we have multiple airport scenes in this movie. Um, we have many, uh, quote unquote, the perfect sexy circumstance. Yeah, um, I had that. Uh, the one I saw was like, oh, you have to drive home your attractive cleaning woman 
every day. That's what I had. So that's what I had too. Dang, you're gonna spend <laughs> a lot of quality time together. Darn, um, everything fell in the lake. <laughs> oh no, we have to get naked and get it. <laughs> Whoops! Oops! In my magic Thank laundry, wearing set. blue underwear <laughs> that I wore to work. <laughs> I have a boss who's obsessed with your love life with Alan Rickman. Yeah. Something I've never experienced in real life, but definitely exists in rom-coms. Um, <laughs> I have narration, opening narration. Yeah. Um, I have supportive black best friend. Um, Absolutely. Uh, not one of our favorite tropes. Um, this was a very, very white rom-com. Um and then which, which that that we can count as a trope I think as well. Typically the couples are white and straight and heteronormative. So mm-hmm. there there but there there are like minority characters in this movie, but it's predominantly I think has a lack of diversity yeah. as a whole. So I think I would count that. And then um the last one I have is uh I have grand gesture. There were grand gesture. I would say Natalie's giving the love letter was a grand gesture. Um, yeah, and Colin doing the big proposal, Colin yeah. Firth doing the big proposal for Aurelia. Um, Sam learning great. to play I, drums. I think it's all of them, right? It's, yeah. There's so many. It's They're all, yeah. I also had, um, is Colin the hot mess best friend? Because it's hard because <laughs> it's an ensemble. There's normally a hot mess best friend who's like oversexed and like whatever. Oh. So, but I, it's like, it's hard because there's not a central person. So, I don't know. Tepid response. What do you think? I, I say, say yes. count it. I say count it. I think right. it's yeah, because mm-hmm. he's, he's similar in. to Spike. Um, That's right. He's the Hill. casting. He's meant to be that character. Yeah. Okay. And then I wrote down. I don't remember why I wrote this down. Well, I wrote down straight, but I already counted that. So it's like all the couples are heteronormative. Um, I wrote down perfect sibling, but I don't remember why. Is oh, because of Laura Linney. Laura oh, she's Linney. A saint. Emma Thompson. Oh, she's a, she's yeah. like a saint so, sister. Yeah. So typically they'll be like a main character and then they'll have a perfect older sibling. Oh, oh you know so what? I guess Colin, we didn't get to meet them really, but not the fuck up brother, but the other sister who had the kids. Yes. She had that huge house yes. and she was hosting yeah. Christmas. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So perfect sibling. Um, and then this doesn't count. Well, typically we have a person who works in print media. This is a stretch. Colin Firth is a crime novelist. Okay. Should I not should Well, I but not then also that? Laura Linney. And yeah, and that's definitely that office is in every rom com. You yeah. know, just we're all like making copy. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna do print media. Yeah, everyone's they're working in copy. Um, okay, cool. So that is sixteen. <gasps> uh, same day shipping, folks. Do, were there any we missed? I do think and this is more romantic drama maybe, but I think the buying jewelry for your mistress and being caught is tropey, but I don't yeah. know if it's like broad enough a trope to make your trope list. But I do feel like that That's, plot point happens. It feels familiar. Yeah. New Girl. There's a lot of like walking in yeah, on them. Yeah, it's getting caught cheating one because we have brother. Alan and we have Colin Firth. Bridget Jones. Yeah, Colin Firth's brother. Bridget Jones mm-hmm. when, when she when she catches the American woman with the painting <gasps> over and her he body. Says, and she's like, I, she said you were thinner. Oh, Richard Curtis. Well, it's like he's on her side. But still, Richard Curtis. We got to talk about it the whole time. Okay, I'm counting it. There's, um, Allie, go ahead. there's one more trope I wanted to add that we don't have on our list already and this is the <gasps> looking over your shoulder trope where you're talking to someone and then you walk away from them and then you like look over your shoulder oh, being like yes! one last look kind of a thing. oh there yeah so many of yes. those mm-hmm. oh my gosh yes wait where was i'm looking to, oh the, in the car with aurelia and colin when they're like looking mm-hmm. looking same time look yeah 
there was that there was that with the prime minister and Natalie where they were having a conversation and then he passes her and it's after she says fuck and then he looks back at her and then he goes to his office and he goes Oh, that's so inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a meet cute, by the way. I'm counting that as a meet cute. Because it's like, hello, hello. I thought I was going to fuck up on my first day. It's like, oh, I don't know. Is there one where like, and this is when uh, Hugh Grant is like, he's like, who does want to have to shag to get a chocolate biscuit around here? And then she walks in and they lock <laughs> yes. eyes and he's like, oh, speaking of or whatever. He doesn't say that, but he thinks it. Which honestly yeah. I thought was detestable, but it, it is a trope. Like I'm talking, I'm making a joke about a thing and then the woman I'm wanting is there. Yes. And it, I do feel like it's like someone's describing like the perfect thing they need. It's like, well, how do I find a woman who knows how to like play with dogs and, and, and be a, be a guy's gal. And then she's like, rock climbing, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that brings us to 20. Feels great. Big congrats, big congrats. It does feel good. (laughs) Big congrats to us. Way way to go, Richard Curtis. You invented them. You deserve them. Um, All right. So time for our segment where we rate this rom-com. Okay, so do-do-do. Okay, here at PSI Love Rom-Coms, we have an ever-changing list of our top five rom-coms. The list started off with the top five highest grossing rom-coms of all time. But over the last couple of months, as we watch more and more films, we have voted in and voted off many a rom-com. And as of now, our top five rom-coms are, and keep in mind, these are just the ones we have watched so far. Uh, that's so the top five of the ones we have watched are Notting Hill, Hitch, Love and Basketball, Bend It Like Beckham, and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. So, now, if we so choose today, we can put Love Actually on that list, but we all have to unanimously agree to vote off one of those other top five to replace it with. So, what do we think? Does Love Actually deserve a top on the spot? (laughs) Does Love Actually deserve a spot on the top five? And if so, who should knock it off? And I would also recommend a speed round for this. I'm going to abstain. The only one of these movies I've seen is my Big Fat Greek Wedding. (gasps) (laughs) Well, that's a good one. Really? Okay. It's so I'm gonna, disappointing that ooh. after this many years of friendship, none of you have seen Love and Basketball. I'm just going to yeah. say that. You know. It's so you know. Phenomenal. I do know. I do so know. I, I, I'm going to say um, that absolutely I do not think that this movie should kick off any of those movies. I, I think it should remain where it is, which is not on that top five list. That's my vote. Okay, fair, fair. I need to rewatch Bend It Like Beckham, I think. Because my memory is that the boy is, like, not the thing, and it's the friendship is the thing. But maybe... It's, it's soccer. Yeah, it's soccer. It's uh, the girl who's on ER. I forget. I, uh, yes. And Keira Knightley. Parminder. Yes. Thank you. Um, so I just don't remember that as a rom-com, but I think it just is... I need to rewatch it. I'm down. So I trust you guys. Um, so I'm going to say I'm good with the list you've created. <laughs> okay. Here's what I'm going to say. You guys have really, and this doesn't happen, you know, too, too often. Usually I strong arm, you know, my beloved <laughs> films onto the list, but I've had my eyes opened to some of the problems uh, about love actually. Um, and I, I, Mia, I'm so sorry. No, it's but okay. I, I, we already have a Richard Curtis film on this list it's true and Notting it's not, Hill it's not a problematic one for and it's not Amazing. problematic and I think yeah I think there's more to be said about taking your time to focus on the kind of complex dynamics of a relationship 
And I like how he focuses on one story. And while Love actually is kind of like fun and different and that he does a really good job balancing multiple storylines, I just think in terms of like storytelling, it's not as satisfying as following just one story and focusing on one story. Because when you focus on so many, it, you kind of lose the complexities of the story and, and you sometimes get into like tricky territory where things are either problematic or we don't feel as deep of a connection to the two people falling in love. I think it's a really good argument. I think looking at the list we have, and look, I agree. It is, look, is this a movie that I watch more than once a year, every year since I've seen it? Yeah. <laughs> is, this one, is this one that I have literally watched more than once a year and every year and that never changes? Absolutely. Um, does that make it better than the ones on this list? No, I think I think Notting Hill is a better uh, like representative for Richard Curtis on sort of like what he does best. But because I am a rom-com fanatic and I know the genre has a lot of problems. It is a vilified genre for good reasons, but there are good things about the genre. And so while I agree that Love Actually does not belong on this top five list, I would like to put it on a top five list of top five Christmas rom-coms because I do think out of Christmas rom-coms, this reigns supreme. And I, in all of its problems, it still is an issue, but I still think it's for rom-com lovers. Every year on Christmas, you're going to be watching Love Actually. So that's what I would like to do. I second that, Mia. I think okay. that this is a great, probably the best Christmas rom-com. And while watching it, I did think for a second, is it December? What month is it? <laughs> is it Christmas time? And then I remembered, no, it's, it's August. Is it August? It's August. It's August. Is it August? <laughs> it's August. <laughs> I was like, is it September? No, no, no. It's still, it's August. Wow. This is historic. Yeah. Guys, we're here for something historic. The it's... creation of a new list. I love it. Yeah, that's yes. awesome. Well, also like, um, it's funny, Allie, that you were saying that like you kind of like started seeing more negative things about it. After we talked, I th I'm not going to say that I love this movie, but I do, I like it more. I sometimes like after I talk about something I've, consumed I'm like oh I guess I liked it more than I thought I did while I was watching it so I don't know like you guys did open my eyes to like more of the cuter aspects of it and I think I've also just been like really in a bitchy mood for like a week so like maybe that's <laughs> kind of it too so I, you guys opened my eyes to like the cuter sides of it too wow that's that's you guys that's happening right now in real time people with different opinions learning from each other having having a hangout wow it's a beautiful this is thing. A big episode. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. All right. So Love Actually, not making the top five, but the inaugural pick for the top five Christmas rom-coms of all time, which I'm sure will be changing more and more as we get towards the season or holiday rom-coms, I guess, uh, to be clear. Yeah. Great. So time for our final segment. Our final segment is a reality check. In this segment, we test out the tropes and plot devices and rom-coms we've just watched and see if they hold up in the real world. In this rom-com, we see the trope of the airport chase scene, where our romantic lead has to rush to get through an airport to meet the love of their life before they get on that plane. Um, in Love Actually, we see Sam run through Heathrow to tell Joanna that he loves her. We also see other love scenes throughout the movie at uh, Heathrow Airport as well. So, this, so let's test out that trope today. Have any of us ever had a rom-com-like moment at an airport or has it only been stress and sadness 
and missing flights and anxiety, like um, like a typical airport uh, experience. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a romantic moment at a mo- at a airport, but I have had like a weird movie moment, and it was actually right before nine eleven because I graduated. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, that like. I love Whatever. this. I love this. No, no, no. So, Let's talk about 9-11. Like, this is me being like, you could actually win because <laughs> no, okay. the airport's So show. I graduated high school in 2001. So it was my going away to college. And I had like moved out and like lived at the beach the summer before college. And I was like so ready to leave my childhood behind. I was done. <laughs> I was like, so I didn't even like care about it. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go. I'm like, my mom was like, do you want me to fly out with you? I was like, Shh, no. Pat, help me pack my suitcase. You don't actually don't help me. I'll do it. And then I was like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> and so like I was very much in the mindset of like leaving this place behind. I went to school all the way across the country from where I grew up, and I was like, whatever. And so my mom and I like she took me to the airport, and because it was uh, like a month or two before 9/11, we were at the gate, and it, like my plane got called up. And, like, the whole time I had just been, like, moms are such a drag. Like, I can't, I'm going to get away from you. Like, no rules anymore. And I stood up and, like, I got in line with my bag. And, like, I looked back at my mom and she started crying and I started crying. And I ran back to her and hugged her, like, for, like, a full minute. Just, like, we're not a hugging family. And I just, like, hugged her for, like, a full minute. And I was just, like, I love you. I'll call you when I get there. Um, and so it was like this like huge emotion, which neither of us were pla- obviously planning. And then I like got in line to get on the plane, like with tears still in my eyes, my mom watching me. And that was my, uh, Aww. airport movie. Oh, I love that. That's so cute. Oh my gosh. But I feel like that fulfills the trope where Hugh Grant's talking about that there's at airports, you can see that like love is all around like that. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Ryan, do you think your mother will listen to this episode? Uh, she already asked me to send her a link, so probably. Hi, Drew. Hi, Drew. Hi, Drew. <laughs> Hi Miss Bunny. Okay, so reality like half checks out. No chasing through the airport, but love being around airports? You betcha. <laughs> well, you guys, oh my gosh, that was the podcast. Oh my Thank you so much for a delightful, absolute tour, Day Love, actually, in which we really... We really covered it all. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have a new episode out every week. And remember to subscribe and rate. We are brought to you by Campfire Media. Oh, and um, P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hey, Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, Yeah, Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not all of them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? <gasps> I love that. Yeah. What if we do it inside the Disney vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah. Check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Campfire.